You're listening to Hey everyone, welcome back to First of All, a real and filtered conversation on career, family, relationship, and life and London culture. My name is Mindy Chang. I'm your host this week. I'm flying solo for episode 25. And it feels so good to be back on the mic with you all. Um, welcome to my virtual living room. I keep inserting this into my intro because that's what I believe I'm creating here with you all. Let me share my thoughts with you this week. And um, hopefully you'll get to know me a little bit better and hopefully commiserate. Um, I've gotten some feedback from listeners really appreciating Uh, Some of my solo episodes where I get to share my story and kind of ruminate on what I've learned from them. So that's what I thought I'd do for episode 25. And I hope that you enjoy. This week's featured topic is something very important and very near and dear to my heart and very universally experienced. And that is letting go of an ex. Now, I don't even know how to start on this. I just figured I'd bring up the topic and, and go with my heart. But... I also thought some preparation might be useful. So I have some talking points that I want to share with you all as we go on this topic, uh, primarily discussing the tactics or the strategies that some people have about getting over an ex, but also sharing my insights on what I've learned in the many relationships that I have gone through and gotten over in the past umpteen years of my life. <laughs> um For those of you new to the podcast, welcome. As you will learn throughout my different episodes, I've I've had a plethora of experiences in dating and being in love. And I actually feel really fortunate because my the first crush I ever had, I think, was when I was four. So I'm I'm not a stranger to to the what do you want to call it? The enigma, the torture, the beauty of of liking you know, having butterflies and liking somebody and also having your heart broken. And uh, my first love was when I was 10 years old. My first serious relationship, which was a doozy, uh, check out the Me Too story, that was when I was 14. And, you know, since then, I've just, I've been able to date a lot of really amazing guys and discover what it means to love, to be loved, and how to let go. So this one, I've been thinking about sharing my thoughts on letting go of an ex for quite a while, mainly because I've just been in the thick of it ever since I started this podcast. But I think I've kind of turned a new leaf with this new year. I'm entering a new chapter, a new season of my life um, in relationship with others and myself. So I thought it's time. I think I'm ready to speak out on it. And just a heads up, you know, this is, I'll just be straight up because that's what I do. This is primarily reflecting on the last serious relationship but it's it's kind of like a culmination of of experiences I guess that have educated me and that brought me to this point but um I know that there are some listeners who who know my exes and there's some strangers and listeners out there who don't I don't want to um you know I'm not here to talk smack or anything like that so if that's what you're here for 
came to the wrong place, okay? Um, I have a great deal of appreciation and respect for most of my exes. <laughs> Not all. Just keeping it real. I don't like all my exes, one in particular. But um, I've, I've dated some really fantastic guys. So let's dive into it. Um, first of all, if you have had the joy and the privilege and the complete insanity of being in love... Let me just start off by giving you a huge virtual hug. It is, it's definitely a whirlwind of emotions and experiences that sometimes just remain very private to us and that will never be understood or known to other people. I think being loved is one of the most sacred things that you can experience and it is you know, there's so many other ways that we we learn about the world and experience things and get our eyes opened to other people and to ourselves. But I think, you know, that feeling of romantic love, being truly in love with somebody and being loved back by them or not loved back by them is um, is a really sacred experience. And I think it accesses a different part of our souls and our minds and our bodies that aren't given to anybody else. You know, it's a very special place. So I just want to acknowledge that because I'm a huge, hopeful and hopeless romantic. And I just, you know, I I can't stress how much I value that special part of my heart and other people's hearts. And I just think that's one of the most amazing experiences, even even the shitty ones. Um. My last serious relationship ended three and a half years ago and... I I would say that it's taken me that long and I'm still going through it now really to fully be able to say I've I've let go and that I've gotten over that relationship. Um it kind of embarrasses me to say that because I step out of myself and I'm kind of judging the fact that it's taking me this long to get over a relationship because sometimes when you hear stories about other people you know we're constantly comparing ourselves to others you can step back and just be like wow homegirl get over it you know it's been a long time move on and here's the reality of it I have in a lot of ways moved on with my life I moved on um, and rebounded you know that's part of the process which we'll talk about but I rebounded pretty quickly after that relationship ended but you know every single relationship is different and what it means to people is different and the impact it has it doesn't have to be a long-term relationship I've heard of people being in love and having a relationship that lasted a day or five days or a month or multiple years you know it doesn't mean that you have to be in like some 30-year marriage for it to have taken a major toll on your on your heart. So yeah, I'm just putting that out there that if, if ever you have been in love or have been working on getting out of love with somebody, it, it takes different lengths of time and different experiences for that to fully happen. And there's no right or wrong. You know, that's my, my disclaimer at the beginning. Um, the last serious relationship that I had was, what I thought at the time was it. I thought I was going to marry him. Most likely I did. There were um, a lot of challenges that we faced and us being in our twenties and 
navigating life in a really, really major way. Uh, I don't want to go too much into detail because I want to respect his privacy as well. But we basically we went through some major, major life challenges, especially in that last year of our relationship Um, with career, with family, with illness, um, with money, with our own maturity as human beings. I mean, like all of it basically was a test to all of that. And I think at the end of the day, you know. Um, the final nails in the coffin were really, 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 really difficult to handle. And ultimately, I was the one to end the relationship. But I also really want to, you know, just say, this is something that I've kind of dealt with over the years, is that I've ended a number of relationships, but it's not necessarily because I wanted to. Um Sometimes when you really care about somebody and you're in a relationship, it doesn't, I don't know. I can't talk to anybody about this right now. It's just me. But, you know, shout out to the people that have had to end relationships because it just wasn't working out. But it didn't mean you didn't love that person. It didn't mean that you despise them. It's not that you wanted them out of their, out of your life per se. It's just, it wasn't making you happy. It wasn't, um, you just personally I felt exhausted I felt really emotionally mentally emotionally exhausted I just couldn't really at that point move forward in it anymore um so that's what happened that's how my relationship ended and then the last three and a half years has really been a mix of trying to run away from the heartache of that of losing somebody even though I was the one that ended it um it's still a loss. It's still, to me, that was the, the pretty much, besides my family, the most important person in my entire universe. And to have that person gone and to have that absence was extremely hard. I'm not saying it wasn't, it was harder than him. Um, he actually won't talk to me anymore, so I don't know what he felt. But, I, you know, I've been dumped before, so I, I know that it, you know, broken up with before. And I know that that's hard. So, in any case, um, you know, people take different sides and they'll see things from different perspectives. But being the person who ended the relationship, it was also very hard for me. And yeah, I, I kind of want to segue from this into the science. I, I remember at one point that I Googled this shit, you guys. I Googled how to get over somebody because it had I gone through the rebound thing. You know, you have the whole thing of listening to music and talking to your friends, especially, you know, women tend to lean on their girlfriends and, and cry it out. I went through all that. So I'll kind of reflect on the seven science-backed ways to get over next that was published by Huffington Post in 2016. I looked this up because I remember it had been a significant amount of time. If this was published in 2016, that means it had been at least two years since my breakup. And I had dated other guys since then, but I still found myself coming back to my ex, um, really getting kind of slapped in the face with the fact that I wasn't really over it. So... We're going to walk through really quickly the seven science back ways to get over next as written by Lindsay Holmes from the Huffington Post, which is, of course, the most reliable source. <laughs> and I don't know what science is backing this, um, but these are the seven things I'm going to list them out and then and reflect on it. So hear me out. Number one is listen to sad music. And there is a gif of Adele 
singing Hello, which is literally the song that I heard that even my girlfriends were like, oh, my God, Adele wrote a song for Minji and her ex. Um, But listen to sad music is number one. Number two is reflect on your breakup. Um, Obviously, a lot of people want to run away from your feelings. It hurts to think about it. So they'll find things to distract. But step two is to reflect on it, to take some time to think, which I did ad nauseum. Number three is hang with your BFF or friends. You know, surround yourself with people that you love, people that make you feel better and help reduce your stress. Number four is focus on the positives of the split and then let yourself grieve. Um, you know, it's not to wallow in like why your ex is a terrible person, why the relationship was doomed or X, Y, Z, but sometimes you have to see what good came out of it. And that second part of number four is super important. Let yourself grieve. I think I really ran away from that. It took me a long time to do that. Um, number five is consider the rebound. Uh, sometimes it is good to, you know, an empirical study. This one says a 2014 empirical study. There's no link to this. I want to know what this study was. <laughs> was it... <laughs> Was it uh, was it a sound study? Anyways, but the empirical study found that individuals who rebounded with someone new after the end of their relationship reported greater well-being than those who stayed single. Again, I want to know what study this was, but that's what this says. Number six is try something new. Um, that the kind of the meta, bigger, universal message with with breakups, with any major change in your life, that it's an opportunity to discover who you are and what you like. Um, and, you know, discover yourself and try something new. Pick up a new hobby, um, do a new activity and see who you are after this breakup as this new you. And then seven, which is the seventh of the seven backed science-backed ways to get over next is give yourself time to process. That's the one that definitely stuck with me. And that's actually the one thing that gave me the most relief because I definitely had been going through all of one through six, but seven is the part that I had the hardest time, which was giving myself time to process everything. I am an extremely impatient person. I, like any other millennial, any other human, don't feel particularly happy when I'm unhappy. (laughs) I'm not excited by the idea that I'm feeling all these terrible emotions that range from loss and grief to resentment and anger and regret and shame and um, just feeling like shit, you know, overall, I don't have this person that I, I, I really, really still love. I don't um, know if I'll meet somebody again after this, who can take the place of that person who can, even though it was terrible in this and this way, it was great in this and this way. How am I ever going to find someone who makes me feel that loved and secure and who, who can hug me the same way, make things right with, you know, a simple thing like a kiss. When you're in the middle of that, it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's hard to imagine that somebody could take that place in your heart again, that will heal. So Seven's definitely a big a big one for me in terms of giving yourself time to process. And essentially that's what this podcast is to is to what's the word? Embrace. Um I'm kind of wrapping up the grief and I'm wrapping up all the regret 
and I'm wrapping up all of the lessons that I've learned from this time of honestly giving myself time to also be single. I'm a serial monogamist. And honestly, since the time I was four, <laughs> how embarrassing. The time I was four until I was in my late 20s with the end of that relationship, I had really rarely ever had time in between where I wasn't like significantly invested in a guy. That is really frightening. My poor parents, my condolences to them, but condolences to the guys. Honestly, they've had to deal with a lot, but it's been a really long journey for me to give myself space for me. And so now that we've gone through these seven science back ways to get over an ex, um, I could, this podcast can end up being hours and hours long, but I would actually like to rediscuss this topic with others. This is just my reflection episode. I want to reflect on the things that I learned from these last three and a half years um, getting over my ex and want to share with you. This is me getting all vulnerable now. Um, number one, I it took me a very long time to learn how to value myself. And that seems very cliche, but as a woman, I found a lot of validation from making others happy. I know that's not solely a thing that only women feel, but it's colored in a specific way that I think a lot of women out there could commiserate with. And I hope that men can learn to understand. As a woman, my life has been subconsciously and subliminally programmed to please other people. I am not ever praised for standing my ground. Well, I wasn't since I was little. I wasn't ever, you know, congratulated or praised or validated when I said no. I was constantly taught in overt and subtle ways to always be, you know, agreeable and to be helpful and to be caring and to be nurturing. And those are all really good things. But I never, I feel like in a certain way, like I'm a very opinionated and loud person and um outspoken person in some ways like you know you can i'm not afraid of all confrontation some people might say i can be aggressive but that's just like in context i'm saying i'm aggressive but i'm not afraid of like confronting someone when something's wrong but that's like not when it comes to love that's not when it comes to family and relationships i would be very 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 scared of rocking anybody's boat about um, displeasing somebody about being contrary, right? So the biggest thing that I learned in the last three and a half years in in dating casually, taking time to be single, in recognizing what went wrong in my last relationship was that I wasn't valuing myself enough, truly. I was way too reliant on my my ex-boyfriend to give me some sense of self that everything I was doing for him and for our relationship – that gave me, too, in my perspective, gave me too much self worth, quote unquote, self worth. Um, because when I wasn't doing that, when I wasn't being a good girlfriend, when I wasn't uh, doing everything for him, and quite frankly, for a lot of other people, including people at work and in my community and my family, if I wasn't doing right by them, then I was basically just wrong as a person. And I don't think I ever gave myself space to say no. I don't. I think I gave myself space to 
have an opinion that may not be pleasing to other people. And in that way, I think I really kind of screwed myself a little bit from being a full three-dimensional person. I was just being a version of what that other person needed. Um, two, I I needed to speak up. So not only was I going through all these motions and learning about it, I still had moments where I, I, I was not down for certain things. I was upset about certain things. I was beginning to resent certain things. And I never, like, not never, I spoke up, but not nearly as much as I wish I had. Um, and that built resentment between my, my ex, then boyfriend at the time, and me. I don't think I gave him access to me. He didn't know fully what I was thinking. And I would get mad at him that he didn't ask me because like I'd be really quiet and upset sometimes and he would be quiet and upset. He's having his hardships, I having mine. And I would get mad at him that he didn't ask me what's wrong. And, you know, still, I would love to be in a relationship with a guy who can notice that and sense that and, and ask me. I would really appreciate that. But also, I needed to step up and own my own feelings and, and be clear about where I stood and not antagonizing him and not um, attacking him with that, but sharing that with him. Uh, I, st- I I think I made huge strides in that relationship. We were together for about two and a half, three years. But um, I still think, you know, at that that level of maturity and that point in my life I don't think I I let him in fully Um, I did a lot for him I cared a lot for him I loved him very deeply but in not loving myself and not giving myself space to be contrary to say no to have honestly an emotional backbone I don't think I let him understand me as well as I could have which also taught me how important communication is and communication is a very important signifier of maturity Um, which brings me to the third thing that love requires maturity and that we're all learning and maturing along the way. There's no such thing as a perfect relationship. There's no such thing as, you know, finding the person that is like 100% like fully formed and perfect. And then you're hundred percent fully formed and perfect. We're all imperfect and we're just meeting together, coming together in a space, hopefully with love and compassion and attraction and chemistry to learn that about each other and help each other grow. And if you don't have the capacity because you're still learning, you know, that can be that can lead to the demise of a relationship because you stop listening to each other. You stop sharing. You stop um, honestly honoring yourself and the other person in equal measure. That's why I think we go through all this shit, you guys. It's like constantly bumping heads because we care, but we're learning how to care about ourselves. And then we're learning how to speak up, but we're also trying to listen to the other person and and shoulder their their pain and their burdens too in a way that's healthy. I mean, that's why this is all there. You know, it's so simple in a way, but it's so hard when you practice it. Because we all have our shit. We all have our baggage from our childhoods. We all have our cultural predispositions. We all have our prejudices. And we have our pride. And we have our ego. And we have you know insecurities. All this stuff is coming to a head. And it's coming to a head in the most vulnerable way. With somebody that you're like entrusting with your heart. Not to hurt you. Not to dishonor all this that you're handing over to them, right? It's a lot. It's a tall order. Um, so that was like one of the biggest things in, in recognizing how much 
he and I matured in the course of our relationship, but also the lack of maturity that existed in our relationship. Um, Because at the time, you know, we're like, we're grown. We know what's going on. We know ourselves. But no, it's, it's always a learning process. And love, true love, love that grows, love that nurture, nurtures and nourishes requires maturity. Number four, um, I, what, I cannot be anybody's hero. I think I had a hero tendency where I wanted to like constantly save guys. Um, oh God, that's just a whole other ball of wax. But, you know, we we have to put the oxygen mask on ourselves first before you can try to help another person. Um, again, the maturity, the valuing myself, all of it culminates in like, I cannot be someone's hero. I can be their friend. I can be their confidant. I can be a support, but I can't save them. It's not my job. It's not even possible to save somebody else. They have to save themselves too. Um, Not to, they have to save themselves. You can't do the emotional work that they need to do to mature. You cannot heal their childhood wounds. You cannot... You cannot gift them security. They got to build that up in themselves. They have to do the work. They have to reflect. They need to pray. They need to meditate. They need to work out. They need to, you know, do things where they feel good in themselves. And you can be there along for that ride, but you cannot do that for them. You can only do that for yourself. It's between you and God. You know what I'm saying? Whatever your version of God is, that's on you. And that person, it's on them. Um, And just accepting that was really hard. For me, because then it led to number five, I needed to take responsibility. There are parts of me in my heartbreak where I blamed a lot of other things. It's kind of like the whole shebang when you're processing everything and um, just trying to understand how things happen, why they happen. I mean, my shit went all the way back to my family, of course, you know, to my father, to my brother, to my Korean culture, to my relationship with my mother, um, literally the placement in my family that I'm a middle child, all this shit, like every layer kind of came under scrutiny in that process. And it was helpful. By no means am I saying it wasn't helpful, but it's not, this is like reflecting also on the Will Smith Instagram story that everybody's talking about, but he talks about the difference between blame and taking responsibility. Those are two very different things. And I could sit and blame my ex for being this personality, for being, you know, this astrological sign, for being born in this year, for being from this part of the country, for having this religious background. Like I could sit and dissect it and blame him i could blame my culture and everything that i just mentioned like ad nauseum but at the end of the day i needed to take responsibility for my actions for my choices and to accept and embrace that that's just who i was at that time i did the best that i could and i couldn't continue beating myself up for it taking responsibility doesn't mean that you have to like punish yourself for it either you know what i mean it's not um congratulating yourself and it's not punishing yourself it's literally just stepping back and being like this is what that was these are the things that i did that contributed to the unraveling of this to this person's pain and taking responsibility actually was one of the things that took the longest if i'm being like completely real i think in theory i took responsibility because i have it like kind of like a my immature self was like a little bit more of like a know-it-all, like, oh, I know, like I need to just take responsibility. I would say that to myself, 
But in terms of like my heart and what I truly did actually take responsibility for, I actually think that that didn't happen till much later in the process. Um, because I would still get salty, you know, I would still, when I brought up here and there, not, not overall, overall, I think I just kept, I held on um, to a lot of good things, but I would still get really kind of resentful and salty and, you know, just kind of be a little, be a little shitty about the fact that he didn't want to talk to me anymore, that we didn't have closure in XYZ way that I wanted. Like I would still get mad. And to me, in hindsight, it that kind of reflects that I hadn't really accepted responsibility for what I had contributed to the relationship and to the end of it. Um, and honestly, even the fallout afterwards, I didn't. There, there are moments where I definitely didn't handle things well, and I acted out of, in pure emotion, out of being heartbroken and angry about certain things, and I lashed out, um, and I said things that. I'm not particularly proud of, can't take back. And I guess I don't take back because I'm the kind of person where I'm like, you just learn from everything, even the mistakes, especially the mistakes. But um, yeah, accepting responsibility is, is, is critical, I think, in terms of really moving on. I think if you don't accept responsibility, that's one of the things that will just like have its hooks in you, that resentment and that it's another way to cling on and not, move on from something um it doesn't allow you to open yourself up with a wise mind or an open heart to somebody else or to another experience that can also bring you happiness so accepting responsibility and then lastly um i learned that this cliche thing that i saw on a on a poster when i was like eight years old was if you love someone set it free or like if you love something set it free if it comes back to you it's yours if it's not if it doesn't it was never meant to be um i'm really bad at letting go the overall theme of this episode just minji's bad at letting go of things but the older i get the better i'm getting at it and it's because i'm starting to really a accept responsibility for how things are for what they really are b being more compassionate to myself c being more compassionate towards others and D, just being fucking tired. I don't have the energy to hang on to things as much anymore. And I have enough experience to teach me that it's not worth hanging on to everything. But with this, with love and with an ex, um, holding on to somebody and overly ruminating on how good things used to be, that doesn't necessarily mean you love them. Learning what love really is, is like how much of a choice and how much of an action love is versus just emotions. You know, like I'm a very emotional person. I'm extremely sensitive. I'm very sentimental. I'm extremely nostalgic. And sometimes I think there are moments where I was clouded by this used to be and this what was and just getting stuck there and over romanticizing it to the point where I was like convincing myself that I still loved this person. And the thing is, I, I will love my ex forever. He impacted my heart and shaped my life in a way that I will always be grateful for forever. And I wish him well, but confusing the fact that like, just like the fact that I can't let go and the fact that, um, I still have all these feelings when I think about things that happened years ago. That doesn't necessarily mean that you, it, to me, it just, 
I feel like it doesn't equate to like, oh, you still love them. Sometimes loving somebody means really looking out for them and for yourself and recognizing that that was sacred and beautiful for what it was and then letting them go. Hanging on to somebody, that's what I felt from other exes who couldn't let go. I was like, sometimes if you love somebody, you just gotta let them go. And if they come back, and if something, you know, for all those hopefuls out there, I know some of you might have that ex or that person that you just always wonder, oh man, I wonder what could have been. I wonder if we could have gotten back together. I wonder if we could have made things work. Honestly, the reality is maybe, but clinging on to them and like that can be in a lot of different ways, energetically, emotionally. You may not even be in contact with that person, but maybe you are in contact with that person and constantly badgering them and bringing yourselves back in that into their life and reopening a wound that they've been trying desperately themselves to heal and like move on from. That may not be loving them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that could be a very selfish and sometimes immature irrational like love does crazy thing right um it doesn't make us necessarily act in the most rational ways but in the mature love and the wise love and the giving and generous and caring and compassionate love that i that i hope we are all aspiring to have and to give and receive sometimes letting go of somebody is the most loving thing you can do for them um to give yourself peace and to give themselves peace and space and sometimes that means that it'll come back around who knows but sometimes it just that was that chapter for you to learn something really really important to experience something incredibly beautiful and learn from it and move on so in um in light of everything i still believe in love i still believe that um I understand love further and deeper thanks to my ex-boyfriend and um, I wish him happiness and I wish all my exes happiness. Several of them are married now and having kids and stuff. It's crazy. It's crazy to, cause sometimes inside I still feel like I'm like that 15 year old kid. Um, but it's really astounding how much happens once um, you do let go and that'll happen in your own sweet time it's not going to happen when you want it per se, because trust me, if I had a magic wand to have like released me from the torture of this process, I probably, you know, I would have probably shelled out whatever magic beans or coins or emotional money or currency that I had to make that happen. It's not been fun per se, but it's been valuable. So for everybody out there who's struggling um, with your version of your ghost or your ex that is still lingering. I hope you can know that there are people out there who also feel you and um, that it's possible. Time heals and you also got to do the work. Um, don't shy away from it and, and think about it from different perspectives and um, seek answers, ask questions. No, even if it's just to Google, ask questions <laughs> You may get, you know, help um, in ways that you didn't expect. So that is my episode on letting go of an ex. And uh, you may just find love again. Life works in mysterious ways. And I want to do a quick shout out because there's somebody who Instagram messaged me, Christina Esposto. Um, I'll sniffly because I got emotional. But uh, she 
shout out to Christina. Thank you for tuning in to First of All Podcast. And um, she wanted to, which guided meditations I listened to. So real quick, I wanted to do, honestly, Christina, um, I'm a big YouTuber. There's, uh, I know that people use a Headspace app and that's been really, really helpful for a lot of people. I believe I didn't, I think I just didn't want to pay. <laughs> I think it's a paid service and um, I didn't do that. But I listen to, I just go on YouTube. Um, I'm also trying to get off of that because I heard all, I read all these articles that say having your device or a phone or or internet near your head while you're asleep is not particularly healthy. But um, I've been doing this for quite a long time. So it's probably good that I figure out a way to sever that. One of my favorite channels on YouTube is The Honest Guys. The Honest Guys. Shout out to The Honest Guys. Thank you for putting such beautiful guided meditations and um there's also doxy and michael seeley there's a lot of different i have dabbled in so many different ones i do guided meditations and sleep hypnosis to help uh to basically ninja my own brain um i'm a big overthinker or have been in the past and i really wanted to be able to sleep well because i would just lay in bed and overthink everything so guided meditations were a really great tool for me to process my emotions to be guided in a very gentle way into deep sleep and honestly rewire some of the gray matter because I didn't want to continue being insecure um, having issues from everything from body image to money to success there's a lot of different guided meditations out there that are really really phenomenal Um, And I hope that you'll check them out. Not everyone is good for everyone, but I hope you'll check it out because I think we really need a lot of meditation. Um, I also do meditations in the morning too to start my day with gratitude. And I've also moved on now. I have Tibetan singing bowls. I listen to the um, singing bowl ensemble. It's really, really beautiful and a great way to clear your mind. So yeah, Christina, that's my answer to your question. I hope that you continue tuning into First of All. I hope you all continue tuning into First of All and, you know, continue to send me those emails and tweets and Instagrams. I love hearing from you guys. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review if you enjoyed this podcast on Apple Podcasts. I mean, every review helps and it warms my heart so much. I love knowing that everything or some of the things I'm putting on the universe are helpful to you all. So... Thanks for tuning in to episode 25. I want to say um, I love you to Aquafina, who is providing her music, uh, Yellow Ranger, to this podcast. And a huge thank you to Marvin Yue, my producer, my audio engineer, and my podcast, Rock, um, who's helped me come this far. And you can find First of All Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. You can find me also through the Potluck Podcast Collective. Shout out to all the other Asian American Pacific Islander podcasters out there sharing their stories. If you'd like to support this podcast and support me as a creator, please find me on patreon.com slash first of all podcasts and become a patron to help this things stay alive and grow and yeah i think that's it for this week i will talk to you guys soon have a blessed day week month year big hugs i'll talk to you later bye